In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. I always believed it was the things you don't choose that makes you who you are. Your city, your neighborhood, your family. People here take pride in these things, like it was something they'd accomplished. bodies around their souls, the cities wrapped around those. I've done this block my whole life. Most of these people have. When your job is to find people who are missing, it helps to know where they started. I find the people who started in the cracks and then fell through. This city can be hard. When I was young, I asked my priest how you could get to heaven and still protect yourself from all the evil in the world. He told me what God said to his children. You were sheep among wolves. Be wise as serpents, yet innocent as doves. Born in Cambridge, how long do you live in Massachusetts, Matt? I uh, I left for college, and I, I never I never really went back. I, I was born and raised in in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I went to a public high school there, um, Cambridge and Latin, and then I uh, I graduated in '89, and then I moved, and then I went to college at UC Santa Cruz. Mm. A random choice, but it was a. Uh, uh, it was a desire to get out of Massachusetts, really. Like I needed a change of pace. So I, uh, and I needed, I felt like I needed a different sort of experience. And I felt like the Bay Area, the California would, would deliver that. And it did. It was, it was great. And then after that, I spent a year in Chicago um, doing theater there. Um, just because my friends and I had heard that... And we were right in many ways. I'm sorry, I'm going to turn off my computer uh, sound here. Uh, they were right in many ways that Chicago was a good place to, like, if you have no resume, there was a lot of non-union theater there and a really great theater community. And then, but then after a year, I followed my um, 
then college girlfriend to New York and in 1995. Um, and I've been there since. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting journey, Matt. And I have to say, you know, um, the high school you went to, Cambridge Region Latin, that's a prominent high school. That's a really well-known high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 had a lot of uh, a lot of people come out of there. So so, and I hope the next thing I say I'm going to be is correct because if I'm not if I'm wrong on this, I'm going to be really upset with myself. Um, so that is kind of where you develop this rapport in relationship as classmates with Ben and Casey Affleck. They went to the same high school as you. And I believe yeah. your parents were roommates in college. Do I have that right? That is correct. Well, I don't know if my, our parents were roommates in college. Yeah, they were. Actually, I think my father was roommates briefly with with uh, their mom. Um, but they were friends and they stayed friends. So I knew Ben and Casey when I was growing up. Growing up and when we went to high school together, um, we sort of – so reconnected as friends. And we had a big – Casey was actually younger at the time. Casey and I were never actually in high school together. Uh, but Ben and Matt and I were, um, Matt Damon, and the three of, two of three of us, along with a very big group of friends, of, um, were all very tight in high school. Um, it was a big group of us, and uh, actually um, – and I was just sort of a part of it, and so was so was Ben, and so was Matt, and so I, I've known them for a while, and been close with them for a while. Um, and then I got to know Casey when he was in high school and I was in college, and we stayed friends uh, since then, pretty pretty close. And so a lot of you'll see a lot of them showing up a lot of my in, on my resume. I owe a, a lot to them. I mean they. Uh, you know, Ben introduced me to Kevin Smith. Oh, well, actually, that's not true. I um, I auditioned for, for a movie that Kevin Smith was producing um, called Vulgar, um, which was, I think, like one of one of my first movie roles. It was a um, it was an independent movie that actually came out. It's very very strange movie, but good. Um, mm. I think I think it was good. I mean, I think I I should say that I if I can help it, I don't I never watch movies that I'm in because um, I can't stand to watch myself act. So when I say a movie is good, it, you, it was fun to work on. Right. Uh, right but right. I am not somebody who can like accurately judge whether or not something I was in was actually good because I just I cringe watching myself act um so vulgar was really fun to work with and i met kevin smith who was for those experts out there of 90s independent cinema also close with ben so i ended up being casting some small parts in kevin smith movies and then ben when he became a director started casting me as well and uh casey also recommended me for parts um, in movies that he was in. So that was a very, that, I mean, I have to admit was a, has been a help, mm. uh, in my career. Um, not all, you know, I, I had to audition for the movies that Ben wasn't directing, but, um, certainly knowing them and has 
has definitely knowing them and getting along with them and being close with them uh, and sharing their creative values in some ways uh, has definitely helped, you know, my, yeah, for, for, for sure. Getting my career off the ground. Yeah, it was, was, um, and I know you mentioned him as being part of, you know, the, uh, the, the group of people you kind of uh, were around. D- was um, Matt Damon also a graduate of, of Cambridge Origin Latin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We're okay. all in high school together. That's right. Okay. So, so, yeah. does, so you, you have this, you know, path where you're, you're traveling after high school. Do you guys reconnect Matt? Because like you said, I want to say you're in seven or eight of their projects, some really great stuff. Um, do you reconnect or is it, have you maintained the friendship the entire time? We've maintained the, the friendship the entire time. I mean, you know, we get older um, and, you know, and people have kids, we have kids and we have families and I never really, I, I mean, I'm right now uh, we are in Los, my family and I are in Los Angeles, but I decided to settle in New York and not in Los Angeles because I wanted to do theater and I had a romance and I was just with myself and my acting career. Like I thought, I thought I wanted to be a, a theater actor who did movies, basically. Mm. Uh, I, that was the sort of career I emulated. The actors that I most admired did that. Um, I really like living in New York. I like the culture of I like I like the culture of being an actor in New York. Um, uh, I like the artists working there. Um, I love doing plays. I did a lot of a lot of like downtown theater plays through most of the nineties, doing very, very far off Broadway plays. And I was having a really, really great time. And at that time, Matt and Ben and Casey were living in Los Angeles. Actually, Casey was living in New York, but Ben and Matt were sort of becoming hugely famous in L.A. And I sort of I sort of had this instinct and um, that if I was going to really find my way, and I think I even expressed this to Ben, if I was going to really find my way as an actor, I had to... It had to not be, even though they helped me tremendously. I, I, it had to not be a sort of friends of theirs. Mm. That makes sense. You, you uh, had to establish yourself as your own entity, not someone. Yeah, that, that it's hard if you want to, if you yourself want to be successful and be doing lots of work. It's really hard to be always in the same room with other people who are more successful. You know what I mean? Than you. Right. You, if you want to be the center of attention you have to like stake your own space. And, and also I find, I love Los Angeles, but I find it's it's a difficult place to be unemployed. Working there is great, but like, I just found it hard to connect with like the life there of like a, a struggling actor. I, I would just get depressed. So, um, so it's we didn't need to reconnect. To answer your question, we didn't need to reconnect. We stayed in contact. We saw each other over holidays and when we were in town. But um, I didn't. We weren't like, you know, sharing the same social life. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I ask because they are involved. You know, you, you clearly it's kind of a two way street. I feel like because you've established yourself as your own actor, and you have your rapport with them is also. 
um, because of your friendship. But, but I, I feel like a lot of that you've, you've accomplished on your own too. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of, you have, uh, I don't want to say a double blessing, but you know, you, you kind of set out to be your own actor, to be your own person. You've done that. And you've maintained your, this, this friendship and rapport, which I think is really sweet. I think it's a really kind of cool and interesting thing to look at from the outside, Matt. Oh, well, that, that's good. I mean, that's the goal. Right. That's the goal. Like, I love, you know, I love Ben's movies. And working with him as, as a director has, is, was both times I did it was really fun. Um, and I think it would have been really fun if I hadn't known him uh, since we were young. But, um, but that, you know, certainly helped. Yeah, both both Ben and Casey immensely talented. Um, what is it about theater you're, you're so in love with? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is definitely like just goes back to high school. You know that like what drew me into theater was not necessarily um, a love of like art um, or a love of like telling the truth in a specific way. Although I've since embraced and since like really drawn to that. I mean, what drew me into it initially was just the socializing, Mm. you know, Mm. theater was cool. It was in my high school was the cool thing to do. Cool people were doing it. Uh, You know, uh, attractive and fun parties were happening and I just wanted to be like a part of it, you know, and there's a part of me still even now uh, that like just loves to like get together with a bunch of like interesting, smart, attractive people and like, you know, make something. Uh, it's just that teenage thing of just like wanting to be part of something fun and then want having a bunch of people see it. You know, I'm the, still very like, like teamwork, the bonding, the rapport, all of that has its, yeah, its appeal. Yeah. 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 And, in theater, you know, you're all kind of in it together uh, when it's working well. I mean, there are with anything or like theater projects at work and theater projects that are not fun or theater projects that are that work, but are, aren't fun or that are fun, but but don't work. You know, it, it's the gamut. But basically, um, I just I I just have like um a severe, like I just develop like major, um, I, I want to say like talent crushes on people. I'm like, I see writers and directors and I'm like, I see like what they make and particularly in the theater, you know? Um, and I just think like, wow, that's amazing. I really want to be like a part of that. I want, I want to be in that, what they are doing. And, um, so I would, just see as much as I could in New York when I was young and I would write them letters and I'd be, and I would say like, I love the work you're doing. I really want to like be in your theater company or I really want to like, you know, if you ever have a role for me, please, you know, I'll do a reading for you or a workshop. And, um, it just, uh, I don't know, the communal aspect, there's something there's something about the communal aspect of making a play, but also the fact that there is like a very specific vision that the writer and the director sort of create. Um, and that if it's a vision that works and is compelling and interesting, um, 
it's I I want to sort of submit to it in a weird way. I want to be like inside that vision. And so it's this combination of like being in like a fun group, but also like finding people who I think are sort of like worth my like giving up control for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As an actor, as an actor, it, it all you're doing in many ways is negotiating the terms in which you are going to submit your control for the vision of somebody else. Right. Um, and I think a lot of actors have a hard time with that, which is why a lot of actors write their own material or turn to directing or turn to producing. Uh, but I am not good at writing my own material. I'm not interested in that. Um, I'm not good at it. Um, I don't have a vision for what that material would be. And same with directing or producing. The only thing I really like to do is acting. And um, and so you seek out talented people, writers and directors, or I seek out writer, writers and directors who I feel comfortable um, giving myself over to. No, that makes sense. That makes sense, and it's it's really well said. Um, just a couple things um, outside of theater. Um, I thought I read where it said you were close to landing the role of Dwight in The Office. Any truth to that? The, uh, I did. I tested for it. Okay. I tested. So they flew me out. I auditioned a bunch, and they flew me out, and I tested for it. And um, I don't know how close I was. It was like three or four other people mm. that they tested. So – you know, I like to think it was between me and Rain Wilson, but um, it was definitely I was I was in the final five, um, which was a crazy experience. But um, but you know, it was interesting. No, I it tell was, you, it's, yeah, even to be considered that highly is amazing. Um, you know, and, and I was going through your. I, di- it was a crazy because I didn't even have. Um, I mean, I did have an agent at that point, but. It was very small, and I had gotten it, again, by sort of writing the casting director a letter directly, and he had just happened to see me in a play, and so um, I literally, I had to audition so many times because I had to clear so many different hurdles because no one, at that point, um, very few people really knew who I was, so it was sort of I, I never I think one of the things that I, I think Rain Wilson would have gotten it no matter what. Um, and he was genius. But what I often think is about that is that I never really believed that I was going to get it. I always like I was always like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're calling me back or calling me back again. I was I never had any true conviction that like I was going to be in the American version of the office. And I do think on some level that contributed to my not getting it, if that makes sense. No, it sounds like too, Matt, like you are very much um, proactive because this is like, I want to say you've mentioned you're going out and seeking things, writing letters to people that you really want to work with and pair up with. I mean, that takes a lot of drive. And I think that you know, again, speaks volumes about where you are today as an actor, right? The the drive of, you know, you know, I really want to read for this part. Or do you have – like that's the kind of drive I think you need to have. 
Yeah, it, it helps. I mean, you need that or you need to be really lucky or you need to be incredibly talented. Um, you need, but drive is, is definitely something. I mean, if you have no, if you don't have any drive, you need to be incredibly lucky and really talented. Um, so you need some combination of those three things, I think. Yeah. And I, I want to pick apart a few things in your filmography, um, that I really am a fan of. Uh, but first I want to talk about your demo reel. A lot of, it's a really, I've seen a ton of demo reels. Obviously I've seen the, the movies themselves. Um, just a few words on a couple of these people, right? So while we're young, great movie, Ben Stiller, everyone I have that has worked with Ben Stiller has nothing but love for this man. Do you share that same sentiment? Oh yeah. He was great. He was really fun. Uh, perhaps my most favorite work of yours is it's kind of a funny story. I believe that the, the movie has an enormous heart. Uh, Zach Gillifanak is superly, ta- supremely talented. Uh, how yeah. did you like working with Zach on that? Oh, he was, he was also really, really nice. I mean, that was so fun, that movie. Um, cause it was an ensemble, um, it was on, it was, a, it was an ensemble cast, uh, and Zach was really interested, you know, was like open key ensemble. He was not like a diva famous person at all. I mean, very few famous people are that way, actually, or that I work with, um, but Zach is no exception. He was really like cool. And we were just all just in that one location and we would be called every day. And so we all were just like hanging out, kind of bullshitting all day. And, and I think Ryan and Anna, the director sort of captured a sort of the warmth that we all had for each other. You know, they kind of used the body that we all had that was great. I yeah, a- yeah, and I want to touch upon that in a little bit. Um, just a couple more. Uh, Casey Affleck and the Killer Inside, and obviously Gone Baby Gone. Uh, Casey Affleck, really, really phenomenal actor. Yeah, yes, I, I would, I would definitely agree. He's one of my favorites. And then actors. Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck, uh, two, the, the, two great, the the Unusuals and Jersey Girl, two two uh, two fun movies. And what one's the show? But you know, two fun projects. Yeah, they were. They were really fun. I mean the. Uh, Jersey Girl was through Kevin Smith and and Scott Mosier, Kevin's director. I mean, I just uh, Kevin's producer. I basically I was working on a play at the time and uh, in New York and Scott literally called me up. Uh, Scott Mosier called me up and he was like, we have something that we want you to do. We wrote this scene Um we want you to do it. Can you come to, you know, Philadelphia on Monday? And I was like, sure. And they like picked me up in a car from the theater on Sunday night and, and drove me. And the, we shot that scene in like, I think like 45 minutes. And then wow. I drove home. Yeah. And you're also in the enviable position of being in the Marvel universe, uh, in Captain Marvel as Norex. That What's that like? What's, what's it like being a part of that universe? Right. Just, uh, that's got to be – I mean, you've done a lot of theater work. I mean, it's, it's not like you're a rookie here, but it, it, the geek in me wants to believe that's just a phenomenal thing. It was really fun. I mean, I got that job because Ryan and Anna, who directed It's Kind of a Funny Story, um, then uh, got – were hired to do Captain Marvel. And they – and I had stayed friends with them after, after the first movie, so they just sort of brought me on, which is – I mean, most of my work over my life has been um, 
not just not just Ben and Casey, almost almost every single every single credit theater or film ha- has is some way through someone I know, a friend, someone I'm friendly with, uh, someone who I did something with and we got along. It's almost all referrals. I can think of so few jobs that I've had where I like got an audition, did the audition, got the job. Not nine times out of ten, it's like got an audition, did the audition, didn't get the part, but they, you know, I ended up connecting with the director anyway, and they liked me, or the casting director thought of me for something else like it's never been there's but there's, there's very there's there's very little uh cause and effect in my career uh if that makes any sense yeah it makes a lot of sense but i have to say that's a, i think that's a, a much more positive thing because i feel like you know there's tons of directors out there that cast the same people in, in, in a variety of movies you clearly have struck an impression on some of these people that are rehiring you for other opportunities, especially one as big as something like Captain Marvel. So I believe that's a testament to your ability, Matt. That's a huge compliment to you. I I, I, I felt a compliment. I felt a compliment. And, and what's really true is that people, you know, no matter how powerful they are or no matter what the big thing, how big the thing they're doing, people like to work with people that they have fun working with. Like everybody – Everybody's doing this on some level because they're they they're they're having fun mm. and they're enjoying it. I mean, maybe they're tortured, but on some level, people want to be around people that they like. And I'm no exception. And and uh, and I think that it's and it, it's a balance. Like you don't want to you don't want to just like befriend people just because they are powerful and can give you jobs. And there are plenty of people I've met um, who were powerful and were giving me jobs who I didn't end up connecting with. Or not, it's like not everybody I work with hires me again, but I do think that um, if there's one thing that I can identify as something that has helped me over the years is um I've been lucky in being able to find people that I like, that I like spending time with and who are also making things. Yeah. And it's, it's really just a phenomenal movie. Uh, just two more quickly here. Uh, we talked about, it's kind of a funny story a little bit. You, you play humble, great character. I had Bernard white on the podcast who plays Mutata. Uh, oh, yeah. again, right. this movie, I don't know what it is. Matt. it just strikes a place in my heart from the scene with under pressure to, it's a very special, very underrated, underappreciated movie. Unbelievable cast. Uh, I, really, really addresses mental illness in a very unique way, Matt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I have a lot of, um, uh, like young adults who in the years after it would, would come up to me and ask me to like sign the book. It didn't, it's a shame. I mean, I loved working on it and I was really hoping that it would be like a big hit, but you never know. You never know what's going to, what's going to like take off, you know? Right. I'm surprised the same thing doesn't happen with the Captain Marvel posters or, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would think that would be kind of the same thing. Yeah. You I mean, know, Captain Marvel did well. At the at the Captain Marvel, I think made like a, a billion dollars. Oh, big know. time, big time! Yeah, yeah, and, and that movie is controversial too, Captain Marvel, because 
there's a lot of quote unquote nerds and geeks like me, but like they have a very pessimistic attitude because I feel I feel like Captain Marvel, a woman with power intimidates some people. They don't know what to do with it. They they are very confused by it. I think it's the one of the most beautiful Marvel movies ever made. Uh, but but it's just funny because you know you read the forums or people talk about it, and it, it, they're clearly saying that they they're not comfortable with a woman in power. And when you watch her shine on screen, she's amazing. So it's I, I, I yeah. love I love the debate, Matt. I love the debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, that's interesting. Um, interesting. The last thing the last thing I did want to ask you about. And I'll let you go. Is is Gone Baby Gone one of my top ten? Uh, and it really raises the question, Matt. You know, uh, you know, the heart of the movie. How where does it stop? How far do you go when you decide who belongs with their natural born parents? You know, what Jack and Remy do. I feel like is it makes sense. But I always feel like there's a big difference between doing what's right uh, and doing what's best. And Casey Affleck in that movie never loses uh, a sight of that. The movie really has a powerful many powerful messages. Talk about your experience on that film, uh, the character you portray, Corin Earl, and anything you wanted to share. Um, you know, I had a really, uh, I had a really good time working on that movie. I mean, it was Ben's first movie that he directed. And um, I think he was still sort of finding his way. Um, as a result, he he did a lot of coverage. He, he shot a lot of, of scenes. Um which was not the case with Live by Night. Live by Night, um, you could see that he had a better idea of like what he was going to like and what he was gonna do. Um but both experiences were really good. Um I you know, Ben has a really uh maybe it's, it's trust that we that I that we developed from from knowing each other from since we were young, but like he really lets actors do what they're going to do. And he, he creates, I mean, in the parlance of our times, he creates a, a safe space for you to sort of really explore the character and do what you want to do. And so I would do like a tiny little thing. And I, you know, just a, a tiny improvisation or a little something. And he would, I could, feel him paying attention and like connecting to what I was doing over a, like in the, um, in video village, I could feel that he was paying attention and using what I, what I brought to it, which is like all the direct, all the great directors I've ever worked with in theater and in film. They it's no, it's a balance between like having a really clear idea of what you want but also leaving space for you to do things, for you to guide, for you, the actor, to guide what's going to happen. Like there's, there's a little unknown, you know, um, a little area of unknown space where they're ready for you to, like, bring something new to it and respond to that. Um, and then it's really good at that balance. And um, it was there and gone, maybe gone. You know, he's a very difficult character. I mean, he's a he's a more than a pedophile. He's like a he murders children. It's like the worst possible mm. Um, mm. type of person in a weird way. But he served Corwin Earl. The character served a very specific role in the movie, like trying to um, like the whole thing. The whole movie is based on like 
fear on behalf of children. And so you had to have somebody like me show up as like a demon. Um, you know, the thing that everybody's the most afraid of is a character like Corwin Earl. And we're all like terrified of him. And But Ben never told me to demonize him. And my goal was, you know, not to like not to like make a case where Corwin Earl is like a good person at all. Like I understood that you could not think he was a good person. That wasn't the point. But you know, he is he is another human being. He is a human being. And as an actor, like I can't like imagine what it is to want to be a pedophile or to kill a child. You mm-hmm. know, like it doesn't work for me to like try and get into that headspace, I had to get into a headspace of just like need and shame about the things that I do want and that I am ashamed of, you know? So I had to channel, you know, much more boring everyday um, feelings in order to sort of inhabit Corwin Earl. And, and, um, you know, like, I'm not trying to like get into a headspace to do the things that Corwin does, but like it's easy for me to feel tortured and and uh, angry and about like everyday things. And so I should just sort of put that into the character. And I think it did sort of make him seem more sympathetic. Um, and that, you know, I wanted when I, my character has to like beg for his life for, the audience, despite the fact that they knew what a horrible person I was, to feel bad about me being killed. Yeah. And I think Ben was was open to that, too. Because, you know, it's a, as you say, Gone Baby Gone is an incredibly compli- morally complicated movie. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's no one right way out. But I feel like your character, though, really, I mean, Casey's performance is phenomenal. But I feel like it adds, your, we need your character so Casey's character can kind of get to that next level in the movie, I feel like. And, That's right. Yeah. So so I, I think it's a really, you talked earlier about a team effort and why you love theater. Uh, Gone Baby Gone is, is kind of an example of that. And my, look, from the outside looking in. Um, before I let you go, is there anything you wanted to promote? Get out there? Any future projects you could talk about? Um, uh, no, not. I mean, I'm in a. Uh, I'm in a. I'm working on a TV show now called Outer Range, um, which is really fun. Um, I'm in New Mexico shooting that right now. It's with Amazon Prime, and it's starring Josh Brolin. I mean, I am not. I can't. I since this is what I. I don't know how much I'm not allowed to talk about the show. Uh, in any substantive way, I don't think I haven't been authorized by any by anybody. But I'm having a really good time shooting it. No, um, and, and I'm and I'm really happy for you. Man. Yeah, uh, and I have other stuff coming up um, later in the summer. But I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. No, about No, I don't want to get you in any trouble. But but <laughs> you you, you, but, you had me at Josh Brolin. I mean, I think I'm really excited for you for that. I'm really yeah you know. yeah. You can you can read about it. it it's going to be a really good show. It, it's uh, the creator is um, a, a New York playwright who I know. Um, again, somebody who I met in New York doing doing theater. Um, he's created this amazing television show. Um, about you know set in Wyoming in the present day, um, 
and it's beautiful. And Josh Brolin is in it, and he's great and great guy, and and really fun to hang around. And um, Lily Taylor is in it, and a bunch of other great actors. And so we're all out here in New Mexico shooting that. Matt, you're a good guy and, and a really wonderful actor, and I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Oh uh, well, thank you for thank you for asking me. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com. 